Hi everyone, this is Cheryl Perry and Jen Plim with Charlotte Smarty Pants. Thanks so much for joining us today. Our Charlotte Smarty Pants podcast is powered by Charlotte Star Room, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best birthday parties in the QC. And they also offer professional voice lessons in a studio. We're so happy to have Mary York Oates today as a guest. Thank you for coming, Mary York. Thank you for having me. I love being here. She is the Director of Admissions at Charlotte Latin and is kind of our go-to for education-related topics. So thanks for joining us. We are talking about a couple of topics that make many parents sweat a little in the um, parent school, make many parents sweat a little, the parent-school partnership. And when to and when to not enrich with after-school activities. So um, these are really important topics and we're so glad to have your expertise here. So first up, the parent-school partnership. Tell us a little bit about the role of the parent in the classroom. That's a great question. And I think all classrooms are different, but I believe all teachers would say that the hope is the parent is going to partner with the initiatives of the classroom and the school and the philosophy of the school. And what a partnership means is just um, supporting the school, whether it's um, doing the birthday parties and coming in and volunteering or tutoring or whatever the school mission may be, that the needs to, to engage the parents, but really supporting um, the in, their own children in a way that um, – gives credibility to what the teacher's doing. Mm-hmm. I think all teachers have children's best interest in mind. Right. And so when you think about um, how to support that teacher, um, a lot of it is to be able at home when a child comes home and is frustrated or tired to always kind of lend support back to, well, the teacher, you know, what do you think the teacher's goal is in this? How Mm -hmm. do you think the teacher can help? Um, That's not to say that every experience is going to be perfect and there doesn't need to be some level of oversight. Um, But your hope is that your school would handle that. Mm -hmm. Um, And there would be proper channels for you to talk about it. Right. So um, we look at Charlotte Latin specifically, the parent is a huge part of the experience um, because parents know their children the best. Um, and uh, so we, we honor that. Um, but the teachers know teaching mm-hmm. the best. Just like I'm not going to tell my you know, my car mechanic how to fix my right. carburetor. Right. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, um, I think a lot of parents probably overstep that boundary with the teachers know. Yeah. The teachers know, should know, what's the, the best interest of the child. And parents sometimes have a different view of that. And I, I really have I've, – I've never met a teacher did, that didn't love children. I mean, right. I, I think that's job number one. Right. And right. so um, all have great intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes – and I fall in this category too, and I don't know if both of you have the same experience. But, you know, when it's your child mm-hmm. and they say things that, that make them feel uncomfortable, sometimes you can't help but kind of respond to that in mm-hmm. a way that you want to sort of step in and help. Um, but sometimes stepping in and helping is helping the child be the advocate you know, right, right for, themselves. for themselves. I think yeah. that's the most important skill that we can give our kids and arm them early mm-hmm. is to self-advocate mm-hmm. because eventually they are going to be on their own. And um, by middle school, they, you know, that's the first step of self-advocating. And then high school, I mean, most I think most high schools really prefer to talk to the students, not Absolutely. the parents. But a lot of times parents step in. But we, you know, we we fully support our te- you know our teachers and that this is this is you this is your yeah. skill set right and you please help us help you right, right. 
they also know what's happening in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I can say that for my coaching. I mean, coaching is a place where parents usually get a little more vocal sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I sort of know who ran the reps the quickest. Right. You know, and, and that's data that I have every mm-hmm. day. And sometimes, you know, that may be a different mm-hmm you know, observation coming home. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I think that, but I do think that you want to have a two-way street. The teachers are dying to know what the parents, who the parents are, how the parents feel about things. Mm-hmm. The teachers are very interested in the family structure. You, you know. think even in high school? No, I think in I high school. Like old, I feel no, like no, no, no. Like I think in high school, school it's different. I guess I'm thinking yeah. from the elementary yeah, okay. school. But you know, so, I do think in high school there's there's the whole goal. They're gonna leave pretty soon. Yeah. If you're going well to and you, they need to they need to be doing it on their own by right. high school. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I kind of get this effect in parent teacher conferences. I freeze up. I don't like I don't have an education background. Yeah, I mean I am me. educated. Sure, sure. We all like, went which to school. kid am I talking about? <laughs> right, right, right. What is it? Right. No, not that right. bad. Right. But I don't even know like they give me this report and it you know, sometimes it sounds great, sometimes I have some questions and then I'm like um, going off this mental ledge, like, oh, no, what are we going to do now? But I don't even know sometimes what questions to ask. Like, how do I get the most out of the 10-minute block that I have with my teacher, you know, for that semester? What's the best way to – what That's, are the best questions to ask? Maybe the top two The or best three. question is, like, what's your favorite boutique so that you can have the right yeah, present? Exactly. exactly. No, no. Just I like that I'm one. Just we know that. Uh, We're really good at that. Right. We're really good at that. No. Um, I think the questions that you want to ask, and when I talk to the teachers about it, how is my child happy? Is my child engaged? Are they willing to do their work? Level of engagement is a great indicator of how well they're really doing. Um, and how can I support what you're doing at home? Although the older they get, the less the teachers really want the, this mm-hmm. um boot camp at home they want the children to to be able to manage that i would say fifth by fifth and sixth grade you see less of that but in the lower grades you know if um if a child is very slow in completing a task in morning work say in first or second grade it may be that the best way you can partner with the teacher is to give them a timer to set the table at night and say Mm -hmm. okay that took you two minutes tonight tomorrow we're going to try to get it at one so Mm -hmm. so maybe just some other skills to speed up and prioritize Mm -hmm. and your teacher has can illuminate that yeah so how can i support you at home um and then I think we need to pay a little more attention to the to the civility piece. Mm-hmm. I think are they kind? Mm-hmm. Are they mm-hmm. cooperative? A good friend. Are they a good friend? Mm-hmm. Um, but but when children start saying they're bored or they're tired mm-hmm. or they don't like it, it's often because they're struggling. Mm-hmm. And that's something I would pay attention to as a parent. Oh, I would have thought it was because they're gifted. They get bored. That's a misnomer. Yeah. Gifted children do not. I don't mean born. I don't have yeah. that. I'm like, I, I don't have that. I wouldn't know. Yeah, I don't no, have kidding. that either. But they're not going to listen. Tons of gifts. Right. They're, right. they're exactly. totally gifted and right. they're not listening. So we're okay. I think right. something that I've come to realize after I've got four kids and now with my littlest one, I'm finally just now realizing that the parent teacher conference is not a reflection of me. No, please, like please first, free yourself. My first 
couple of kids, I was like, I was like sweating going in there. Yeah, I'm like, this is actually right. like judgment day for right, a parent. Right. But it's really it's not. not. It's not. And the teachers mean well. And it's really all about your child. And it's it's okay. And, and it's, the teachers are pretty nervous yeah. because they went into teaching because they love little children. Mm-hmm. So to yeah, communicate with sense. an adult, mm-hmm. they don't know if, you know, what if you're a litigator for the Supreme Court? Right. Or what if you're, you know, an anesthetist or something yeah. that totally is out of their wheelhouse? Yeah, it's very yeah. intimidating. Well, that's how I feel, though, about that. Like, it right. is out of my wheelhouse. So, so you know. both of you should yeah. say, ah, the yeah. common the common goal is this it's beautiful my child. child. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so what kind of things should you look at? If you don't necessarily get the report that you wanted, sure. um, what steps should you take? Right. Be aware and, and manage what you want because a child that is getting an A- minus in math is there is doing fine. Right. A child that's getting a B- minus in math, if they're doing their best work, is doing fine. Mm-hmm. Even a C. I think when you begin to have a failure to thrive, that mm-hmm. is our definition. Yeah. Uh, that's a clinical definition. When there's a failure to thrive, and that means that the grades are subpar or that they're just kind of getting by. Mm-hmm. Um, and the failure to thrive, the older they get, crosses many boundaries. Right. It will cross friendship issues. It will cross behavior issues. Um, and... A failure to thrive means that they're not consolidating within 12 months. So it almost kind of looks like a developmental gap, but it's there's a barrier. There's mm-hmm, an inhibitor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's very concrete, and it's usually at most schools there's a paper trail. Mm-hmm. You can go back and say, well, my third grade teacher will say. And sometimes I see, and it, makes, it sort of breaks my heart with parents, I'll kind of go close to the vest on this one when a parent will say, well, this is the first time I've heard it. And you actually go back and look at the records and they've, they heard it in fourth grade, fifth Mm -hmm. grade, sixth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, And now it's time to get, you know, extended time on a test and Mm -hmm. they want to do an assessment or something like that. So be aware and know to your point about your earlier statement, it's not a reflection of you Mm -hmm. partner with the school, right? The school understands I had this personal experience. My son was a, was a strong student, but ended up had a very late diagnosis of dyslexia. Mm-hmm. How late? Um, sixth grade. Oh, wow. I credit, I credit Charlotte Latin's phonetic-based reading program because he could sound out a Russian phone book. He could mm-hmm. sound and build, but he had very low fluency. Sorry that I'm throwing you under the rug, Harris. Um, <laughs> my son, who is now an analyst for and doing great. He's 24 years old. But... Um, the point that I'm making is it became very clear. His ERB scores sort of plummeted. Yeah. Um, he was beginning to, to actually panic a little bit, mm-hmm. make rash decisions. So we the all saw it there. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the school was just so were guideposts for us. Mm-hmm. And he ended up staying the whole time. And um, thank goodness he did. Although we have Fletcher, which mm-hmm. I love. Right. Um, we have so can, many great resources right. in Charlotte. So many for, great resources. So you talk to a lot of teachers every day. What yes. is their per, What does their perfect student look like? Believe it or not, not a one of them will say it has anything to do with their right. academic yeah. ability. Good. Um, they will say. <laughs> hope. They will say. Um, can they engage others? Are they team players? Are they cooperative? Are they eyes wide open? Will they jump in? Um, can they make a mistake? Mm-hmm. It is all about the soft skills. And if they can do that, everything else falls in place. I talk about this when I talk about reading. I talk about it when I talk about college acceptance. You've got to get that other stuff straight 
parents, please, if you do anything, put emphasis on these great traits of resiliency, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kindness, courtesy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people are going to roll their eyes. They do. I see them do it to me when I tell them this face to face. But the teachers will tell you all day long, I can mm-hmm. get so much more done with a child that's willing to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's willing to fail. Mm-hmm. It's willing to help someone. Well, the willing, I, I, I'm picking up on the willing to fail. And as parents, it's hard for us to, we don't want them to fail. But but that's how we all learned. And that's how they're going to learn. If they're always succeeding, where are they going to go? You mm-hmm. know, what happens mm-hmm. when they do fail? And maybe it's not until college that mm-hmm. they fail. But I think that's a, that's a big area that overparenting happens where they line everything up. We line everything up for our kids and they're going to be perfect and they're mm-hmm. going to be great and whatever they do. But failure is a part of that. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is parents have turned mistakes into failure in the child's mind. Mm-hmm. Right. A mistake is not a failure. Mm-hmm. A failure is what we talked about earlier. It's when they can't thrive and move on. It's when right. they flame out in college, you know, right. or lose a job or you know, have relationships that don't repair, that's failure. Right. A mistake is forgetting your homework. A mistake is re- forgetting your homework 15 times. Or, yeah, yeah or not, doing, I mean, not getting an A or whatever right, it is. Exactly. Whatever it is. But, yeah, I, I see in a lot of our peers that a lot of parents, you know, over-tutor or over-this or over-private-coach mm-hmm. or whatever it is on whatever sport or, or activity they're doing, and uh, I w- often wonder – I don't. I can't do that, so I don't do that. But I wonder how that's going to work out later for those. Children. One of my favorite educators said, "You know, if I can give parents one message, I would just say release the grip. Yeah, mm-hmm. just just soften it. Yeah, you can still touch it. You know, you can still have your hand on their back, but just you know, they they can do this, and you will be so proud of them when they do. Right, and they'll be proud of themselves. More importantly, mm-hmm. so that kind of segues into we've got about a minute left. For elementary school kids, this whole, like, wanting to, to succeed thing with the parents, they often put them in a bunch of extracurricular activities. What is kind of your rule of thumb with elementary school kids and how much extracurricular activities they need? Well, to give you a hard and fast kindergarten, first grade, you know, bedtime should be around 8. Mm-hmm. I, I think every teacher would tell you that. What we see is really tired children in the early mm-hmm. that stay up really late, and that is going to be an impediment to learning. But when they get older, um, I think it's case by case. Mm-hmm. Some children really get a lot out of doing something physical Structure. every yeah. single afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, to Jen's point, if you balance all of the traits, mm-hmm. not just sort of giving them a leg up so they, they're better at math, but you balance all of it and, and you let the child direct a lot of the activities. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's different for each child. Yeah, and that gets easier as they get older. It does. Yeah, and you can kind of wade through what mm-hmm. they do and don't like right. when they're in the lower elementary school. I don't think there's anything wrong with being busy. I think mm-hmm. we're a busy society. I think that they're um, with teenagers. I've... I've Either and it used to be, you know, if people didn't do sports and things, they got a job. Yeah. So I think I don't think there's really a whole lot of value to having a 17 year old with a lot of free time on his or her yes, hands. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I made mine get a job mm-hmm. for sure. No, I think I think we're all. I mean, I'm I'm the same way. That the busier I am, the more productive I am. Mm-hmm. And my kids seem to be like that. But then, but you you recognize when they need they need a, a little break. bit of a break. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and. Remember not to forget things like nutrition and sleep. Mm-hmm. 
It's yeah. pretty important. The essentials the to survival. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Food and sleep. Exactly. It sounds, Water. It sounds so obvious, yeah. but, you know. Not, yeah, not a bunch of activities. And... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Mary York. Thank you for having me. Always you can find pleasure. her on the Charlotte Latin campus every day, as well as on the field hockey field, where she is assistant coach at Charlotte Latin. Um, And a special thanks to Charlotte Star Room, our podcast host. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Charlotte Star Room and on Twitter at CLT Star Room. And you can find us always on charlottesmartypants.com, on Facebook, on Instagram at Charlotte Smarty Pants, and on Twitter at Charlotte Smarty. Thanks so much. Thank you.